0: Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another Dipshit Files. I am Mr. Scriptkeeper.
1: And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper.
0: And today we're going hard on Halloween. (laughs) We are. We're doing the spoopies. We got Mm -hmm. ghosts and witches and candy and masks and skeletons (laughs) and freaky ass shit. Mm -hmm. So let's open up another Dipshit file on the origins of Halloween.
1: My favorite, absolute favorite holiday Yay On Halloween it is said that the veil between this world and the next Will lift and then all hell breaks loose Yeah People have been scaring each other for as long as there's been a Halloween But how long is that? Where does it come from? And and why do we put on disguises and carve jack-o'-lanterns And indulge in our darkest fears? Unlocking the secrets of Halloween means discovering how it all began thousands of years ago. So, lock the doors, Mm. dim the lights, grab a drink, (laughs) as we dig up the real story of Halloween.
0: skak wonders, how did we come up with all this weird Halloween shit? eh?
1: So how can you describe Halloween without sounding... Friggin' insane uh-huh. Masked children come to our doors And threaten us Let
0: me get the door chick a Oh, I'll look at you cuties Got a little Batman And what are you supposed to be?
1: I'm robbing you, bitch Oh, shit In return, we give him candy <laughs> <laughs> But but Why? Why do we carve faces into fruit and then light candles inside of them? Just fuck pumpkins. And why do we adorn our homes with coffins and tombstones, skeletons and witches?
0: We're goofy fuckers, aren't we? Right.
1: The truth is, I think we take great pleasure in scaring ourselves and our friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Personally, I think mainstream Halloween is about becoming someone else. Like Batman. It's about getting outside of your own skin and challenging your social limitations.
0: Oh, hey, Jim, I didn't know we were doing costumes today. I'm not Jim, I'm Batman. Oh, that's weird. Swear
1: to me! Yeah, you're really challenging my social limitations, Jim. This impulse to confront our fears of life and death and turn them into something enjoyable is ancient and... And so are our treasured Halloween traditions. So, when did Halloween begin? Its ancient origins go back to the old Celtic calendar. The old Celtic tribes divided the year between a light half and a dark half, and Samhain, their ancient holiday, was the precursor to our Halloween.
0: It looks like Samhain.
1: <laughs> it's pronounced Samhain.
0: I didn't know that for years. I'm like, that Samhain, Ben. <laughs> Samhain. Anyway, sorry.
1: So that was the beginning of the dark half, Samhain. Thousands of years ago, the, the Celts, one of Europe's early tribes, celebrated their Solomon Harvest Festival with bonfires and welcomed the new year on the night of the October full moon.
0: They were also pretty good at basketball, I hear. <laughs> a lot of championships. Sorry.
1: Centuries later, with the implementation of the Gregorian calendar and a bit of meddling from the Catholic Church... This celebration was moved to October 31st, even though most people still celebrated this festival loosely over several days around this date.
0: You should have a multi day party. Okay. Right. Those, why don't we don't have any of those? We have like no. Christmas, it's just one day. It's like, well, no, it we should be, have like a five day thing.
1: Right. Well, used to, Saturnalia used to be a, like a week long debauchery. Right.
0: We're just too productive of a fucking people. <laughs> we need to slow it down, five day, seven day events. <laughs>
1: So, for ancient peoples, harvest was a matter of life and death. If crops failed, people starved. Death was always close. The bonfire signified, among other things, a bit of a reminder. It's going to get cold and dark. And spoopy. Gathered together, come home, and don't send anyone out alone in the dark. Mm. But the Celts believed there was even more to Samhain. What marked Sawin and hit this transition from light to dark was that time and space became permeable. Flexible, so that spirits not only of the dead, but of the past or of other realities could sort of wander into our reality, and humans could wander out and get lost in the other world. Don't we have
0: enough lost souls on this plane, <laughs> running around, doing stupid shit? We, we need to summon more. Yeah.
1: The veil between life and death was believed to be at its thinnest. It's
0: nipply outside.
1: And the living and the dead could co-mingle. Yeah. Hey. And that's the root of all the Halloween celebrations. I see. Stories persist of people on Samhain night getting trapped in the other world and of the dead appearing among the living. But the truth is, we know precious little about Solomon
0: I used to think it was called Samhain.
1: We can only speculate that their bonfires likely drew one familiar Halloween icon.
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: A thing familiar yet frightening to many. SpongeBob. The bat. I am the bat. Before there was electricity, the only way you would have seen a bat would have been by the firelight. And in fact, you probably would have seen it around the fire. Because bat e- bats eat insects, and insects are attracted to the light.
0: We knew you'd come if we turned on the bat signal. Man, what is it, Commissioner Gordon? Uh, 2 faces threatening Gotham again, Batman. Uh-huh. Chemical weapons. Sure. We got a hostage situation? Uh-huh. What are you doing, Batman? I'm watching the bugs. B- the, what now? The bat signal light attracts bugs. What does that have to do with anything? I am the bat.
1: Bats come out at night, and nighttime was scary time. So if bats are part of your Halloween decor, you might just credit ancient people like the Celts. Nah. However... They weren't the only ancient culture with creepy traditions. All of them. Many cultures set aside a day or a couple of days to ritually celebrate and recognize their dead. Mm. An interesting thing is that you find a lot of these cross-culture death celebrations around the same period, especially in agricultural societies, because if you think about it, in the spring, things come up out of the ground. They're very green. Right. You harvest in the middle of summer and towards the fall, and as winter approaches, everything dies. So, how did these ancient traditions survive into our modern era? Time machine. In Western culture, they were preserved by, of all people, RoboCop. Christians. Close. (laughs) In a bizarre twist of history, as Christianity spread, it adopted and reimagined pagan folkways rather than to try and stamp them out.
0: Christians are like, what have we done? Right. What did we do?
1: This made it easier to convert pagans.
0: What is it, Peter? Well, your grace, I was just wondering. What is it this time? I'm just
1: wondering why you're allowing
0: the pagans to keep their pagan traditions. Well, I was thinking that they'd be more sympathetic to our cause. But their pagan traditions are contrary to our cause. Well, I was kind of an olive branch, you know? Your grace, they're witches. Well, yeah, I was kind of going for a softer, kinder, gentler Christianity. With
1: all due respect, my lord, look right here. Right here, it says <laughs>
0: yeah. burn the fucking witches. Not exactly. A
1: key pagan festival destined to get a Christian makeover was Lemuria when celebrants placated the dead culminating on May 13th of all the different days that they have in the Roman calendar to celebrate the dead. This was the spookiest. So on Lemuria, what are called the larvae, the ghosts of the departed, would come up and haunt people. Rude. To quell the dead, pagan Romans poured milk onto their graves or offered them little cakes.
0: Yuck. Ghost maggot milk.
1: But the church co-opted Lemuria in 609 AD, turning May 13th into All Saints Day, a day to honor the most holy of dead Christians.
0: I don't know why they put holes in them, but whatever.
1: Reimagining this specific day was an attempt to Christianize a very pagan festival. Make it more confusing. But at the same time what it did was It kept a lot of the same things going. Nice. The Christianized version of Lemuria was such a success that church leaders made a decision that eventually gave rise to Halloween. Trickery. They moved All Saints, or Hallow's Day, to November 1st to drain the life out of ancient pagan Samhain. Dick move. Boy, this church was pushy, right? Dicks. Sheesh. So... Now, because Samhain fell on the night of October 31st, before All Hallows Day on November 1st, people started calling Samhain All Hallows Evening, Mm. the evening before All Hallows Day. That's
0: a good night for sinning.
1: This shortened into All Hallows Even and finally into Halloween. Okay, that makes sense. And then, to be safe and ensure the squashing of ancient pagan beliefs and festivities, (laughs) the young church went one step further... Adding a holiday to honor not just saints, but then everyday Christians. So November 2nd became All Souls Day.
0: Hashtag not all.
1: A church-sanctioned holiday to honor the departed.
0: We need more holidays, Damn it! There should be Dead Pet Day, Dead Mama Day, pretend to be the sibling of an only child day, and send your favorite podcast host Marijuana Day. Just suggestions. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: This is very important for modern Halloween because this is where Halloween gets its association with dead souls death and the supernatural nice. again
0: well done church
1: so Thank the church for inspiring the creepy essentials of Halloween. <laughs> yeah, and they tried to stamp it out, but didn't work.
0: Have you ever been in a church? They're pretty creepy, just you know. Yeah, I know. There's just a, there's a guy hanging on the wall. I know. That's weird. He's
1: bleeding, that's and he's weird. got. Yeah, his sides cut open. Sorry
0: about your personal beliefs. All right,
1: that. <laughs> Daddy, why is that dead man hanging on the wall?
0: Well, that's our Lord and Savior, Timmy.
1: What happened to him?
0: Well, we killed him. Why? Because we're cunts, Timmy. Shut
1: up. But wait, so there's more here. Mm-hmm. The church also helped establish the tradition of trick or treating. What? The funk Well, sort of It all started during the middle ages On All Souls Day When priests told Christians to pray for souls Trapped between heaven and hell In another world they called purgatory Mm. Purgatory was not a pleasant place I
0: learned that from Dean Winchester in Supernatural
1: I mean, it's not hell it's not as bad as hell is, from what I understand, but it's still probably pretty fiery. Okay. Souls are kind of suffering there. Sort of. Luckily, there kind is something of. that you can do. You can offer up your prayers for them. Tight. So, how did souls get out of purgatory? Prayers. According to the church, if enough prayers were offered, Boom. a soul would fly up to heaven.
0: Does it help if I have a credit card? <laughs>
1: I think so. <laughs> this led to a medieval custom that bears more than a striking resemblance to our modern trick-or-treat. Children would actually go begging for what were called soul cakes. Oh. They were spiced cakes filled with raisins. What? The fuck,
0: no. Get it, out. I, Wrong. I, no Wrong. raisins. Wrong. I knew I would lose you on that Wrong.
1: one. Hey, man, you want a cookie? Oh, sure.
0: I'm really hungry. Here you go, pal. Homemade. Mm. Yeah. Wait, what is that? What? What the
1: fuck? What? What the fuck is this? So oh, it's a raisin. You mother... In return for these treats, the beggars would offer up prayers mm-hmm. for souls trapped in purgatory. So, uh, basically, they were selling their prayers i Mm. mean the people who were worried about those stuck in purgatory were buying their freedom which i found very interesting
0: they should up their game if they're gonna throw raisins and shit and (laughs) nothing against raisins i like raisins by themselves but when you throw them in like a cookie and you're like i'm expecting a delicious treat and you're like i have fruit in my delicious treat get the fuck out when i want
1: fruit i'll eat fruit when i want cake i eat cake (laughs) well this forerunner to trick-or-treating became a preoccupation for medieval christians so did another future essential of Halloween, hmm. the witches. Ooh. It made perfect sense for people in medieval times to believe that there were demons and witches. Right. And if there were demons and witches, they were made responsible for all the bad things in the world. It's and good it,
0: to have somebody to hate.
1: <laughs> and it made sense that we hunt them down and kill them.
0: Makes you kind of a team At, player and brings community together.
1: That, yeah? that was their worldview. Sure. So, a witch panic in the 16th century actually helped establish the look of the character that, for many, epitomizes Halloween. Mm. Almost always women, witches were seen as in league with Satan. They were likely the healers who had cures and folklore and passed these down orally through generations. Smart ladies. At some point, evidently, this becomes very suspicious Mm. for whatever reason. Smart ladies. To the religious people around them. Many of the symbols that were associated with these women, who probably often lived alone, may have been somewhat eccentric, of course, end up becoming associated with witches.
0: See, now we call them cat ladies, but... (laughs)
1: It's different. It's Over different. time, as more and more women were accused of witchcraft, their practical kitchen tools acquired sinister dimensions and became the model of Halloween icons. Cat ladies. Even something as mundane as a broom became an instrument of evil as well as handy transportation. <laughs> 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 Another accessory in every witch's lair was perfect for brewing devilish potions. Mm. The cauldron. mm mm-hmm. Cauldrons became very popular again. It was something that every household had in the medieval ages
0: and you can buy them at MRB <laughs> It
1: was your basic cooking cooking implement. It was in every kitchen, right? The pointed witch's hat was a variation on a medieval country woman's hat and, of course, the mysterious lurking killer with the glowing eyes, the cat. Mm-hmm. It's not surprising that cats are associated with witches in Halloween. Cat ladies,
0: come with us, witch. How did you know I was a witch? The whole neighborhood smelling of cat urine gave it away. I'll my babies, my little fair babies, look at it. Burn the witch! And the stinky house, burn that too.
1: Well, you know, and I could go into the whole familiar cat thing, but I didn't in this script maybe some other time okay but for our understanding cats can be a little enigmatic you don't really know what's going on in their crazy little brains mm. also they used to hang out near the hearth and near the brooms so they became associated with witchcraft so where did the iconic appearance of the witch come from Good question well this one is a bit dark as a witch myself I experience a bit of a gut punch when I see the green face, matted, tangled hair, and misshapen nose of a witch's Halloween costume, and here's why. Now, I'm taking this excerpt from an unknown author that explains it way more clearly than I could have myself. I'll
0: tell you why. A lot of witches are hot. All right, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry.
1: Quote, each year, they parade her about the traditional Halloween witch misshapen green face stringy scraps of hair a toothless mouth beneath her disfigured nose gnarled knobby fingers twisted into a claw protracting form a bent and twisted torso that lurches about on wobbly legs cat lady most think this is abject image to be the creation of a prejudiced mind or merely a halloween caricature but i disagree I believe this is how witches were really seen. Consider that most witches or women were abducted in the night and smuggled into dungeons or prisons under secrecy of darkness and presented by the light of day as a confessed witch. Mm. Few, if any, saw the frightened, normal-looking woman being dragged into a secret room filled with instruments of torture, to be questioned until she confessed to anything mm-hmm. that was suggested to her and to give names or say whatever she could to stop the questioning and the torture. Crowds saw the aberration denounced to the world as a self-proclaimed rich. as the witch was paraded through the town en route to be burned, hanged, drowned, stoned, or disposed of in various horrible ways, all created to free and save her soul from her depraved body. The jeering crowds viewed the result of hours of torture. The face, bruised and broken by countless blows, bore a hue of sickly green. The once warm and loving smile gone, replaced by a grimace of broken teeth and torn gums that leer beneath a battle disfigured nose. The disheveled hair conceals bleeding gaps of torn scalp, From whence cruel hands had torn away the lovely tresses broken twisted hands clutched the wagon for support fractured fingers locked like cropping claws to steady her broken body all semblance of humanity gone this was truly a demon a bride of Satan a witch I revere this Halloween witch and hold her sacred I honor her courage and listen to her warnings of the dark side of humanity, and each year I shed tears of respect. End quote.
0: Cat lady, this couldn't take it.
1: Now, as ugly and twisted as this may seem, the image of the old hag and disfigured evil witch arose during the time of the witch panic. Mm-hmm. This really took hold in Europe during the mid 1400s, and the witch icon, unfortunately, was born. Thankfully, today, the image of the witch has improved, and we will move on to this in a bit. So, with Halloween, black cats and witches, graveyards and ghosts, the spooky elements of our great gothic holiday were taking shape. These ghoulish icons would soon make their way into the new world, where they'd help create the celebration we know today. The elements of our modern Halloween were haunting Europe at the dawn of the 17th century, but they hadn't yet collected into a spooky, secular holiday. History would now start consolidating them and give life to an odd celebration of death. Mm -hmm. It's a death that makes this holiday, whether it's the threat of death, if there's a bad harvest, the end of one order and the beginning of the new, this idea of the endless cycle of life and death and renewal is part of a lot of holidays not just Halloween. This period saw the continued influence of one of Halloween's most colorful icons, the mask. Mm. It often appeared in tandem with another Halloween tradition, destructiveness. Rowdy beggars at All Hallows' Eve also guzzled their share of alcohol and demands for food and drink became more threatening. Masks help hide their identities. In Britain, they got into some very particular forms that involved dressing in costumes and going house to house to present these little plays. That
0: is amongst the most British things I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. That's awesome.
1: At the end... Excuse
0: me, may I right. perform to you, <laughs> may Hamlet? I, may
1: I perform?
0: You might come? <laughs> to me? <Sorry. laughs> Give me a treat.
1: At the end of the performance they would be rewarded with food and sometimes money. Fuck yeah. Was this trick or treat? Well, not quite, but the resemblance was there. To trick or not to trick? (laughs) That is the challenge. (laughs) That is something. In 17th century England, many of these customs survived only in rural areas, but they would soon turn up in the city streets thanks to a pro-Catholic terrorist named Guy Fox.
0: Oh, here we go.
1: On November 5th, 1605, Fox tried to blow up London House of Lords with 36 kegs <laughs> of gunpowder. Guy Fox was tried <laughs> and found guilty.
0: <laughs> Alright, my bad.
1: Guy Fox, you I couldn't help myself. I was getting, <laughs> getting, the, getting beat. In there. Get
0: Feel the beat. Get in there. Get in the pocket.
1: Guy Fox was tried, found guilty, and hanged. And then, according to legend, his body was then drawn and quartered. And the pieces were thrown into a fire.
0: (laughs) We've always just been real sweeties to each other, haven't we?
1: The next year on the anniversary of the failed plot, and every year that followed, the children of London mocked the memory of Guy Fawkes by causing chaos in the streets, parading, begging, and building bonfires. So today, all over England, this is called Guy Fawkes Day or Bonfire Night. Nice. Guy Fawkes Day fell on November fifth, which is very close to Halloween.
0: Remember, remember the fifth of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. Okay. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgotten.
1: So, a lot of the energy that was focused on Halloween sort of shifted towards Guy Fawkes Day. See, look at how
0: many holidays this should be a six-day holiday. Right. With thirty-first through the fifth. Come on. Let's
1: well, why? Well, While it isn't our Halloween yet, it had all the signs children and adults alike taking advantage of the darkness and letting loose. But would this pagan form of celebration make its way across the Atlantic to disrupt the sanctuary of the New World? Not if the colonial Puritans had their way. For the Puritans of New England, the supernatural was a dark menacing force. Mm. Not a harmless superstition worthy of inspiring a holiday. Mm. Despite their efforts to kill the Halloween tradition before it even took hold, there were a few Guy Fawkes celebrations that made their way to the shores of America.
0: Like, no, get out the fuck out of here! No, All right. we want to get, we try to get away from this shit. Now,
1: other settlers tolerated or even embraced the traditions that threatened the Puritans, and seeds were planted. For the holiday that would morph into our American Halloween. Just
0: to fuck with the Puritans, I love it. Well done. Well done, <laughs> for,
1: people. For example, there's an 1833 description of a Halloween. Not even so much a party, but just a small gathering where they told ghost stories around a fire. Nice. But now, one more spooky standby. The image of a spirit or ghost would join witches and skeletons in a macabre Halloween dance. By the mid-19th century, America was primed for a much darker holiday. Having endured four long years of civil war that ended in 1865 with over a half a million dead, there were so many unclaimed, unknown dead bodies that the Civil War left behind Mm. that this country was obsessed with death. Mostly, it was that so many of these soldiers died unknown. They didn't know what had happened to them. So there was a huge sense that maybe they would come back. Maybe they were not actually dead. It makes perfect sense that people would tell more ghost stories. The very first Halloween ghost stories were about people coming back home. It's at this time that America's Halloween story really begins. After the Civil War, when Scots and Irish immigrants brought their rural, old-world Halloween costumes with them they helped to establish even more American Halloween traditions. For the Scots, it was a little bit of a scarier night.
0: And the Irish, they, the tradition was <clears> <get> everybody drunk.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Until fairly late, we were still talking about the appearance of bogeys on Halloween. Did
0: you hear that, sir? No, I didn't. Who is it? Frankenstein?
1: The booger man?
0: It's the man in the bag, sir. I think he's alive.
1: Ooh. Bed corp. Ah, Bed So bogeys or boogeymen were sort of an amorphous, pestering ghost that plagued children, hiding under beds or tapping on windows, or lurking by a gate or turnstile. There was a belief that there was a bogey on every style or gate, which meant on Halloween night, you could cross any gate, and there might be something sitting there waiting to get you. Tight. Halloween's signature symbol, the jack-o'-lantern... Also began as a European tradition, but the prototype wasn't carved from a pumpkin. Hmm. There's a legend about a character named Jack O'Lantern. Oh, what's there now, Lassie? So, Jack was a troublemaker. the Irish cons. But he was so bad that after he died, he even managed to get himself thrown out of hell, which is not an easy thing to do. But... The devil did decide to, of course, kick him out, but he had pity on him, and he scooped up an ember from the fires of hell and gave it to Jack on his way out.
0: Oh, hey, Jack. I'm glad you came.
1: Then what is it, Satan?
0: Look, I can put up with a lot of shit here. Right. I mean, the worst of the worst are fucking here.
1: Right. Hello, Joseph Stalin.
0: Hello, kids. I gotta say, you gotta go. What do you mean I gotta go? Jack, I'm kicking you the fuck out of hell. What the hell for? Yesterday, when I was trying to go home after a long day of torture and cunts, then I went to go find my car, and there it was. (laughs) not It was instead parked on top of an administration building. (laughs) That was me. Right. (laughs) Not funny. You gotta go. Oh, come on. Nope, you're too much of a cunt for hell. Uh, Yeah, well, here's a stupid rock.
1: So, Jack takes the ember, and he places it inside of a hollowed-out turtle to light his path here on Earth.
0: It's a shitty gift.
1: And he walks around, and that becomes the legend of Jack O'Lantern.
0: Thanks for the fucking fire, rock. Right.
1: But since Jack was a troublemaker in life, and a troublemaker in death, so much so that Satan kicked him out of hell... Okay, he was a cunt. He came back to Earth to wreak havoc.
0: Imagine if a modern person was ridiculed in that way, so you'd carve little Harvey Weinsteins. Don't forget to put a candle in your poop mold, Harvey Weinstein. Sorry.
1: In one age-old European practice, children would carve their own jack-o'-lanterns out of turnips and then light them with candles. The first reference we have in the United States to jack o lantern comes from Nathaniel Hawthorne, and he's writing in Twice Told Tales and describing someone's very tattered coat full of holes, that when you, quote, hold it up to the light, it shines like a jack-o'-lantern would, end quote. Americans would then improve on the jack-o'-lantern tradition. Mm. They substituted big round pumpkins for the old world's hard little turnips, and Halloween finally had its trademark pumpkins are generally harvested around Halloween, and kids realize jack-o'-lanterns could be a prankster's best weapon on Halloween night.
0: Smashy, smash.
1: Kids figured out this great thing that they could do. So they could take a pumpkin, and they hollow it out, and they put a candle inside, and then they put it on the top of a stick, Mm. like they put it on a stick, and then they put a sheet over it. Now, you parade around. You can put it in front of a window or something like that. And It sounds it's, like a hate crime. It's Jeez. really actually a wow. pretty scary <laughs> picture at the time. Jack-o'-lantern soon became the face of Halloween, but Scots and Irish immigrants also brought with them the more rambunctious, stone-throwing, prank-playing this Halloween is. revelry They brought that to America.
0: You're welcome. It's the booze. Thank you. (laughs) Love the Irish and Scottish.
1: So on Halloween night at the dawn of the 20th century, there was a whole dark world of trouble just waiting for American boys. Halloween had been on a dark and scary journey from its origins with the Celts centuries ago. And in the Middle Ages, it became a Christian holiday honoring the dead. But by the 16th century, it was turning into a rowdy kids' celebration marked by begging and pranks. Mm -hmm. By the 1800s, Halloween had even moved into cities and towns across America, but the ghastly face of Halloween was reimagined in gruesome shades of orange and black at the turn of the 20th century for the first time artists of the era brought together all things scary and linked them to halloween skeletons and spider webs jack-o-lanterns and bats they established the look of halloween that we still use today among these icons are white sheeted ghosts the sheet that a ghost wears is drawn from the winding sheet the shroud that corpses were traditionally wrapped in before burial as far as jack-o'-lanterns the big grin still denotes the rictus of a corpse that that weird grimace Mm. as does the triangular nose hole and even when it seems kind of jolly death is still lurking there in this imagery Hmm. Horned devils came from medieval depictions of Satan. Looking good. And witches from witch-hunting hysteria that swept through Europe and Puritan America. Smart women. Witches became very popular in the early part of the 20th century, which is why they naturally became linked to Halloween. There's actually a change in the way we perceive the witch, though. The witches of the 19th century were old. They had, of course, as we've discussed, big noses and green skin, And the witches of the 20th century actually took on a more innocuous, attractive appearance. Witches can be hot. It makes Halloween not only a little scary, but also a little naughty. I like witch titties. However, even as Halloween was dressing its old customs in new costumes, it was also creating new traditions. Bad ones. Was Hmm. Halloween in the early 20th century getting out of hand? Well, to the dismay of authorities and property owners, the answer was...
0: People shitting in the streets? Yes. I feel like in the future, everyone's going to look back at the 20th century (laughs) and just be like, overall, everything was out of hand. Every (laughs) single thing was out of hand.
1: So it was most definitely turning into a night of mischief. Most of the young people never really did anything that was really destructive, mostly just tricks. But for some, those tricks were more destructive. Pranks usually committed by adolescent boys plagued cities like Chicago and Philadelphia. By the 1920s, Halloween in America was turning into a crisis. Tricks on Halloween night were getting out of hand. The destructive pranks went beyond just smashing pumpkins. The The world world is is a
0: vampire. vampire. (laughs) 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 Said (laughs) to drain.
1: Sorry.
0: Just
1: had to. Kids would take bars of soap, and they would put them on the rails for streetcars so that the streetcars would actually derail, and people would actually get hurt. Cunts. They would take the steps from in front of people's homes, So when people walked outside, they would fall and also get hurt. Cunts. They would set fires and throw stones through windows. I mean, this is really destructive stuff. Mm -hmm. In rural communities, pranksters took wagons apart and reassembled them on roofs. That's pretty funny. They removed the gates on farm fences so the animals would escape. That's not funny. This particular prank was so popular that in some places, the night before Halloween was called gate night. Sheesh. In other cities, it was it's mischief.
0: gate, gate.
1: <laughs> In other cities, it was mischief night or even hell night. Cunt night. Halloween pranks during the Great Depression may have been in part a product of the desperation of the time an excuse for troublemaking, but there was already trouble everywhere and many communities couldn't afford to feed their own, much less clean up destructive messes. The Halloween of 1933 was actually labeled Black Halloween in a lot of newspapers because of all the destruction that the cities incurred. The kids were no longer doing just innocent silly things now they were smashing light bulbs they were setting fire to buildings with people inside they were smashing car windows if Halloween were to survive it would have to change schools and police departments and other civic groups consciously and very actively promoted the idea of taming Halloween so they started to invent all sorts of things for kids to do to divert them town-wide parties, costume contests, games, everything that you can think of to get the kids away from pulling pranks and into the lighter side of things.
0: Like a concert October 28th and 29th at Cruisers this year with Sovereign <laughs> and the nonprofits. Sorry.
1: Shameless plug. Sorry. Novelty companies like Denison and Beistol helped out these civic efforts. Dennison published a series of halloween guides called bogey books that suggested ways of turning halloween from prank night into a party night denison was one of the first companies that realized there was money to be made off of halloween they started to put their own halloween materials out for retail sale in drugstores all over america they also made masks and paper costumes This was a first. It was the first time that costumes were specifically made and marketed for Halloween. Before that, costumes had all been handmade or homemade. Paper costumes were fancy and an improvement to on the homemade variety, but they had their drawbacks. Unfortunately, that paper was flammable, mm. and it's surprising how many newspaper clippings there are out there about costumes catching fire. Little Chitren's flaming around the neighborhood. <laughs> That's flaming babies. That's Soon, after manufacturers looking to tap into the kid market for Halloween costumes began making more durable disguises. Sears' first box costumes came around 1930, and then it went from there.
0: And it was Optimus Prime. (laughs) The costumes
1: centered around radio show characters and the funny papers, costumes for parties, costumes for wild town-wide parties, and for school parties and church parties. Halloween was a big social occasion. Halloween parades also helped drag the holiday out from the shadows and into the public arena. Allentown, Pennsylvania may have had the first parade in 1905, but others soon followed. Toms River, New Jersey in 1919, Anoka, Minnesota in 1920. Actually, Anoka has actually held its parade every year since, the only exception being 2020 when they held a bell ringing night so people could step out on their porches and hear bells and sirens just like a century before. Mm. In fact, the city now bills itself as the Halloween capital capital of the world. Each of these local efforts to tame Halloween worked to some extent, but what Halloween really needed was a whole new tradition, and it would soon get one. However, this new tradition would prove to be a variation of a very old Halloween theme. Trick or treat. That phrase still triggers cascades of candy into plastic pumpkins and pillowcases across America, on the night of October thirty first, and though the custom goes back centuries, the phrase trick or treat is probably less than a hundred years old. Really? It is likely the term derives from that destructive pranking that was very widespread in the early twentieth century. And at some point somebody came up with a brilliant idea of buying off these pranksters. <laughs> Homeowners bribed rowdy kids with homemade treats such as popcorn balls and candy apples to avoid getting pranked or tricked.
0: So people were like, okay, you're going to yeah. rob me or not. Yeah. So here, just take this. <laughs> They're like, just
1: stop doing things. Damn. In 1939, the phrase and the custom turned up in print. Doris Hudson Moss, published an article in American Home Magazine that talked about the success she had having a Halloween open house for the kids in her neighborhood. She didn't get tricked, she gave them sweets, and it all worked out. With a new custom, obviously, came new treats. Not so much homemade goodies like popcorn balls, but now kids got store-bought, pre-packaged candies. Mm-hmm. Mars bars and Reese's cups and good old Hershey's chocolate. It was candy that finally killed the rowdy Halloween. Fuck yeah. And now the time was right for the reinvented holiday to hit Hollywood. Halloween was becoming a pop culture phenomenon, a national festival attended by millions celebrating the joys of scavenging for mass-produced candy. Then in 1966, Halloween found a new home where all pop culture ultimately goes, the television set tv halloween stature zoomed off the charts when america went trick-or-treating with charlie brown the whole idea of the great pumpkin came from the comic strip when sparky schultz decided that it would be really funny if one of the kids got his holidays mixed up and that's how linus ends up in the pumpkin patch every year television and america's most popular comic strip had given halloween its unofficial seal of approval The holiday had never in its entire history been so mainstream, but Halloween-themed cartoons aimed at kids were one thing. A movie for adults with Halloween at its theme was another. Nobody had ever tried it before. That is, until director John Carpenter took a stab at it in 1978 with the classic Halloween. Mm. Carpenter's $325,000 film would spawn a franchise grossing more than $500 million. It broke new ground, elevating the horror film from B-movie status to respected genre. Mm. And completely by accident, the film would also redefine our attitudes about Halloween masks. It started when the wardrobe budget forced the crew to create a mask for the villain Michael Myers for next to nothing. The production designer ran up to Burt Wheeler's magic shop on Hollywood Boulevard and bought this Captain Kirk from Star Trek mask, which didn't actually look anything like William Shatner, just this strange elongated face, but it was spray painted and fixed up a little bit.
0: I'm far (laughs) more handsome than that.
1: (laughs) It ended up distorted, which was perfect. It's kind of written that way in the script. So uh, Michael Meyer was wearing a face. It says in the script he was wearing a face. Mm-hmm. So it came, it was perfect. The bargain basement mask and the villain behind it soon became another Halloween icon. Michael Myers, even though the original movie came out in 1978, remains one of the most popular Halloween characters of all time.
0: I hope William Shatner gets uh, some royalties (laughs) off the masks from Michael Myers.
1: This idea of the masked stalker menacing young people at Halloween, it shifted the focus of Halloween away from ghosts and goblins to human villainy. But this nondescript mask did much more than that. It helped to redefine the limits of what a Halloween mask could be, and it ushered in a new face of Halloween, one for a new millennium. For hundreds of years, masks and costumes have been a way for partiers to disguise themselves, and now... It's a multi-million dollar business.
0: Especially for Star Wars.
1: Masks and disguises have always been great ways to let you off the hook in terms of your behavior with an acting out kind of holiday like Halloween. Of course, it's perfect. When I was a kid, usually all you could find at the local stores were crappy plastic flimsy masks Mm -hmm. that lost their shape, blocked your vision, or cut your tongue Mm -hmm. when you inevitably tried to push it through the tiny mouth hole.
0: You just couldn't help yourself.
1: Right. But as time went on, they've really evolved evolved into somewhat of an art form there's a lot of time spent in the sculpting and the painting and now it's to the point where you can get an expensive high-end mask that almost rivals movie quality costumes can now be found in high quality material like fancy jackets and all kinds of accessories no matter what you're looking for you can find it Today's upscale masks and costumes are a far cry from the generic devils, witches, skeletons, and ghosts of the 1960s, Mm. but that's the decade when the Halloween wardrobe began to change. Hollywood started to influence what kids wore, transforming them into their favorite TV and movie characters. Today, that trend has escalated into somewhat of an obsession. Film franchises like A Nightmare on Elm Street... Scream and Halloween are inspiring growing legions of kids to dress to kill. Right. To wear the mask of the killer, of the ghost, of the skeleton, it gives a kid a sense of power and safety because the monster can't get you if you are the monster. Crazed killer masks are just part of Halloween's evolving taste in costumes. Yay. The only rule now, is that there are no rules.
0: Except for you can't have your dick out.
1: (laughs) Well, it really depends on what party you're going to. Okay, fine. Masks take their inspiration from pop culture, religion, politics, you name it. And a growing number of faces behind them belongs not to kids, but adults. Mm -hmm. Halloween has become a huge adult activity. And I don't think that was the case like 50 or 60 years ago, but it's been again, a specific day set aside where you can be somebody that you normally aren't. You can get behind a mask. You can wear clothes you would never wear during the rest of the year. And people enjoy these activities. The truth is our 21st century Halloween is as much a holiday for adults as it is a holiday for kids.
0: I think it's the most adult holiday except for tax day.
1: (laughs) Tax Day is not a holiday. I, okay,
0: but it's the one that we have to celebrate so, for celebration.
1: So those those children who are now grown up, uh, they became very nostalgic for Halloween. So once again, Halloween shifts again and starts to become more of an adult holiday. Tight. Halloween businesses now cater to anyone who wants to get into the spirit of the holiday with parties and Halloween-themed venues such as haunted houses.
0: October 28th and 29th, live at Cruisers in (laughs) state...
1: Fifty years ago, when you were too old to trick-or-treat, you probably just had to stay home and hand out candy. There was nothing else for you to do. Now... There is a vast, imaginative haunted house industry just for you. And there's something like 4,000 haunted houses in the United States every year. But haunted houses aren't the only place to find adults getting out on Halloween. In places like New York City's Greenwich Village Halloween Parade and West Hollywood's Halloween Carnival, the holiday takes a walk on the wild and uh, naughty side. Mm. Of course, the gay Halloween parade is now a big fixture in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, and of course, a big part of the New York celebration. But it's this idea of turning the world on its head and being who you aren't or who you would like to be Again, it's that mercurial American obsession with self-transformation, and that's the thing I think really ignited Halloween in America. This sexually liberated Halloween sometimes crosses the line from adults to adults only. If you look at the costumes that are sold to adults these days, the costumes for women are all kind of borderline sex worker costumes. Scandalous. You know, the sexy nurse and the sexy maid and the sexy whatever, anything. It's the one time a
0: fucking year I can show my leg. (laughs) Right, it's it's
1: the sexy pencil. Mm -hmm. So now now grown-ups are taking it one step further. They stock up on specially packaged Halloween novelty candy and they join their children going door to door on Halloween night.
0: What I do is I just buy a bunch of Halloween candy and then I eat the candy.
1: (laughs) We turn off the lights and we Mm -hmm. hide Mm -hmm. and never answer. Actually, you know what I find interesting? We don't, children avoid our house. They do. They don't come near us.
0: Nope, When we've got a neighborhood. They're just like, nope. They're like, not that house. Mm -hmm. More candy for me.
1: (laughs) These trick-or-treaters of the 1970s and 80s now sees the opportunity to relive their childhood Halloweens, dressing up in full costume, supposedly to keep a watchful eye on their kids. And just as Halloween has scared kids for years, Halloween scares parents too. They fear sending their kids out unsupervised into a hostile world full of poison candy and razor blade riddled apples. Mm. But they really shouldn't be. No. Um, I grew up hearing about razor blades and apples myself. Me too. And it's clearly what we call a a contemporary legend or like an urban legend. There's a great societal unease about this idea that we're telling our kids to please go take candy from strangers. Mm So there's a lot of stories about razor blades and candied apples and these sorts of things. And parents every year get very worried about it. So did the razor blade and apples ever happen? Yeah. I believe there might be a couple of cases. But of course, you have to ask yourself which came first, the story or the actions. And that's how that urban legend thing comes into play. Right. So razor blades and apples, jack-o'-lanterns, soul cakes... They make up the legends, the texture of the Halloween we know today. Today, Halloween wears many masks. It's a day for adults to push their boundaries a little. Clearly, a lot of women want to have a very sexy side to them, and it's only on Halloween that they bring it out. Maybe, you know, they could do it a little more often. It is from this foundation that my character, Lady Ophelia, was born. However, she isn't just one night, and she isn't just aesthetic. Mm-mm. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Yet Halloween still remains the domain of children. When you're a kid, you had one night a year where you were in charge.
0: That chocolatey nougaty booty.
1: <laughs> you got to dress up, you got to be something that you usually weren't, and you kind of even got paid for the yeah. privilege to do this. It was, so it, it's an amazing holiday. Sugar booty. Halloween doesn't like to have its energies tamed. You know, the rebellious aspect is going to pop up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Look close enough and you'll see that Halloween is a showcase of everything the human race fears.
0: Well, I don't really celebrate Halloween in the normal way, but I always drive around with like a, a dozen eggs in my car and just kind of hug them at houses. Just you
1: random, do not. random. You do not.
0: Sometimes businesses, but mainly houses. You... <laughs> That's normally how You do not. I just like to keep the spirit of (laughs) of, uh, Halloween alive. Debauchery
1: and and pranking. My
0: inner child likes to... Your mess making. likes to flex.
1: Through the centuries, we've learned to live with what scares us most. And now on October 31st, we collectively turn our fears outward and now wear them with pride.
0: And that is the history of Halloween, brought to you by Mrs. Scriptkeeper. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Honey Bunny. You're welcome. Let's talk about it on the other side of this music thing. And that was the history of Halloween, brought to you by the Dipshit Files. Now more from our dipshits. And- all right, Halloween. We love it so much. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Halloween movie of all time?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't have a favorite Halloween Get the movie. Fuck out I of really don't. I think my favorite, uh, I it would have to be a witch-themed movie, mm-hmm. and it's Practical Magic. Okay. Yeah, but it's not a Halloween movie.
0: No, but it's, it's good to watch during Halloween.
1: Yeah, I don't really. I,
0: I don't. You're not a scary movie lady, right? You watch a lot. Of, I
1: love scary movies, okay. but I. Halloween is a it, well. It's it's like I don't know.
0: You live the Halloween lifestyle. The it's whole a lifestyle.
1: Year. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> yeah.
0: there's that.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a weird walk with death every day. That is my life.
0: Well, so. you had a lot of fun. It looked like making uh, doing all the research for that.
1: I had a blast. I had a blast.
0: It seems like it, because I had a blast listening.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it was entertaining. It's hard to make an educational script fun.
0: Yeah, but But,
1: it's your job, so fucking
0: keep it up. Thank you. Yeah, do your job. Well, thanks. It's your fucking job. (laughs) Well done. All right. well, that is our show for this week. We're just getting warmed up for Halloween. Mm -hmm. We're loving it. Mm -hmm. And also, Mm -hmm. October 28th and 29th at Cruisers in State Line, Idaho.
1: Good God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be back next week with some more dipshit stuff. Yeah. A uh, big thanks to our trusted turd triad, mm-hmm. Bodie and Don mm-hmm. and Chris, and they uh, they do a lot of stuff for us, and we appreciate them, mm-hmm. especially on them socials. Yes. Kind of rounding up all of you scat sacks and doing the good works. They're, they're keeping they're,
1: they're, they're keeping the socials alive. They're the trusted turd triad, for fuck's sake. <laughs>
0: All right. But everyone else, uh, info at scatcast.com. If you'd like to talk to us, if Mm -hmm. you'd like to give us some stories, it's Halloween. So if you want to send us some ghost stories, why not? Why not? We may read some. Yeah. I I feel like we might. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading some. I would
1: think that would be a blast. If if I had had one, I would read it here.
0: Let's do it. But we don't have it now. So you have to send it to us. Info (laughs) at scatcast.com. Also, you can support us at uh, Mm patreon.com forward slash scatcast. That's the best way. Or scatcast.com. Get on that merch store. We've got all sorts of dipshit Mm file stuff, mugs, Mm -hmm. Shirts, mm-hmm. stickers. You can adopt animals, other things, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. things. All
1: the things up there. A,
0: there's probably a poster.
1: Uh, maybe there's no poster. Now there's, no
0: there no, there's going to be a poster. <laughs> no, there's not. There's no posters. But there's other things you can check it out, and that's uh, that's a way to support us, and we really appreciate it. For yeah,
1: sure.
0: yeah. So we'll see you next week, and we'll talk at you in the future.
1: And it will seem like the present.
0: It'll seem like the present. Uh-uh.
1: Bye. Bye. <laughs> shit files. Bing bong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, yes.